Hello again, Dwayne Drummond here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolHunterTalk.com. Uh, good to be with you again, Allie. Always, Dwayne, always awesome to be with you as well. I really, really appreciate it, and I look forward to our calls. I really do. It's like, you know, um, two of my friends and I got together today for breakfast like we always do every Wednesday, and we normally talk business and, you know, mostly about projects that we're doing, but today was really just sitting down with friends, you know, like-minded friends. One guy, you know, we were talking about one of one guy, uh, a friend of mine, uh, his one of his top students, young man, just recently passed away and out of the blue had a blood vessel in his heart burst and, um, you know, they tried to save him and they couldn't. And we were today, we were like talking about how short life is and how we work so hard sometimes and forget to enjoy our lives. You know, we're always running and chasing after the next dollar or the next thing, you know, hoping that that's going to be, you know, a big hit. And we forget that sometimes it's not about doing that all the time. It's about quality of life and, and how, you know, how we live our lives. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, but, it, it, it's but so anyway, short, so quick. Yeah. And I, I feel, and I, and again, I'm not, ta- I'm not saying this because we're on air, but you know, I feel like, you know, being your friend and meeting you and it's weird because we met by chance, right? We, we met years ago by chance at an event and, we became friends and, and now we're in each other's bubble, so to speak. Like my good friend, John Oschlager says, you know, we, we talk on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and we do business things together and we're building something really cool doing the podcast. So uh, I'm really uh, excited to have met you and I'm glad that, you know, whatever spiritual being people believe in brought us together. So thank you for being my friend. Absolutely. Well, it's my pleasure. And, uh, it's it's been a cool ride, um, you know, being able to hang out with you from time to time and uh, definitely over the phone. And it's been nice yeah. to be able to bounce ideas back and forth. And um, you know, I I I know that you're a very traditional school, and right. I'm not. I mean, I started out yeah. traditional, but I have sw- you know kind of moved from that. I'm not um, MMA you know, that yeah. quote-unquote non, non-traditional, and I don't mean any, any disrespect yeah. by that. That's not what I'm saying. But with you being um, as traditional as you are, how do you overcome the the obstacle mentally, and even, maybe not even mentally, but brand-wise for your school, implementing right. some of the things that you implement? So, for instance, um, you know, not being a sellout. And right. doing some of the other things that the that that we do in the industry in order to attract attention to ourselves. I mean, and most yeah. people don't consider uh, doing, uh, you know, doing a a bully prevention class or an anti-abduction class as being a sellout. But some schools consider right. doing birth, even birthday parties, even if you do a traditional right. karate birthday party, they consider right. that being a sellout. So how do you like how do you for yourself and your studio overcome that? And then for clients that you work, you know, that, that, that work with yeah. you that have had those obstacles, how do you overcome that in their head? Because really that's where the, that's, that's, you know, where the problem is for us is in our head first. Well, you know what, that, that, that's kind of part of what I was going to say as far as our answer. My answer to your question was first, I think most importantly, we have to devo- define what we consider traditionalism. And then we have to also define, and in my head, I had to do that as well. I had to, I had to ask myself the question: If I was being, you know, thick-headed 
and ignorant versus being open-minded and understanding what I really felt was tradition within my school. So I've had this argument with John Graydon uh, way back when, when he first was, you know, the founder of NAPMA. And we went back and forth on a few emails about, you know, at the time, I believe, you know, uh, NAPMA was talking about um, on one of their, their seminars or whatever about, you know, not even really, you know, the uniform is really not a tradition. It's nothing more than a pair of pajamas that was worn underneath the kimono. And uh, so what is real tradition? The question mark, right? And that's a big question. And it got me thinking, although at the time I have to say I was pretty annoyed at him, but I wasn't annoyed at him. You know, I was annoyed at the question and how it made me feel. Um, and it really had nothing to do with him and his question, because to some extent he's right. The gi that we wear is a tradition, but it was traditionally worn underneath the kimono. They would take their expensive silk kimono off and fight and spar and do martial arts, and it absorbed the sweat just like underwear. And then, um, and then they would, uh, you know, dry off and put their kimono back on and, and leave. So it was technically underwear, but it's now what we consider a gi. For me, tradition is about what is the root of the lesson structure within your martial art or your life, you know, in your school. So, for example, I just did a black belt test. I had um, uh, 24 people test for various degrees of black belt. Um, in our school, the tradition has been that the test, you know, is a three-day test. First day's a walkthrough. Second day's a physical, running at the school field and doing calisthenics. And, I mean, a brutal physical test, a two-and-a-half-hour test of wind sprints and bleacher runs and a four-mile run. And then the next day, the Sunday, is our classical martial arts test where we run through all the techniques and it takes about three to four hours. At the end, they bare-knuckle fight. They grapple. They reality fight, which means grappling and sparring together like MMA. And then, um, you know, and then we award the belts, and we have a tradition in our school where we clutch the belts, and the paper flies off the belts that it's holding it together. Everyone applauds. Cry, you know, people cry. Uh, we take photos, et cetera. That's one of our traditions. But we, we also teach classical martial arts, which is taught by me from Japan, and that I went into Japan and I learned that from my teachers and those techniques have been taught for thousands of years. So that's a tradition of technique. So it really all depends on what we're, what we're considering tradition within our school, right? Does, does that make sense? If, if you've been doing it for 20 years, it's a tradition within your school. Is it traditional? According to who, really? I don't know, right? So that's the big question. That's what I had to come to grips with and say, now, you may say you don't do traditional martial arts, um, but I don't know if that's necessarily true because there's roots of your art that go back thousands of years, right? No, absolutely, and, and, and exactly. And all the aspects of the arts that we have combined into our program, they all have their right. own traditional background. Yes. Um, but I am more eclectic than I am traditional in my right. view on, on what I want to teach. Uh, Okay. And I guess the, so, the question I'm asking is that, you know, um, am, am, am I a sellout, therefore, because of the way that I do it? And then even in the other events that I, I you know, put on, uh, I don't believe that I am only because I see the benefits of all those yeah. other events, even if it is a birthday party. Right. So here's the thing. So, so that your answer and my answer are perfect, right? They, they basically open up the, the playing field for, for mostly any school owner because we're kind of two separate sides of the coin. You know, I'm a very classical school. We bow in with a very traditional bow in Japanese before we end every class like that. We have a certain way we bow. I mean, we hold on to old values of the martial arts. My students carry my bag for me. Um, if I walk in the door, everything stops and they bow. 
Um, you know, the uh, parents are respectful. They all call me by my title. No students will ever let, put their hands on me even to pat my back to say hello. We don't handshake. Um, we teach, you know, thousands of years old traditional martial arts exactly what, the way they were taught to me by my teacher. And, um, you know, we, we speak to our sensei a certain way. We bow a certain way in the school. All of those are the traditions of real, true Japanese martial arts and the way I was taught. And it still goes back thousands of years. So that, in that respect, I'm traditional. So when you mentioned before, you mentioned branding, um, I believe there are segments of the population who want one of three styles of martial arts. One, they want what I do in a very classical, traditional, old school mentality, hardcore, do it my way or the highway or we'll kick you out. And that very like, I don't give a crap what you say, you do it my way kind of mentality where it's, it's, there's not a lot of openness to that. Then, um, you know, then, you know, your school is more of an open minded school. You know, it's kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, like you said, eclectic different styles of martial arts. Um, you still have that tradition where people are respectful um, and bow and all of that and so on. And then there's probably another side and I'm not even describing your school all that well. Um, but then there's the other side where it might be an MMA school where they call each other by the first name. Um, I have friends that own BJJ schools. The instructors show up late. If they don't like you, they don't teach you. Sometimes they, you know, the schools are in red, white, and blue flags. There's no bowing, you know, there's shoes on the mat, you know, all of these things. And do we ask if that is a sellout? Is that the real question of what's going on, you know, and how we, you know, how we live our school? And my, for me, my brand is the tradition. My brand is classical self-defense. My brand is ninja and ninjutsu. My brand is, you know, old school wooden walls, you know, stepping back in time, learning the ancient scripture, so to speak, you know, like in reading the Bible um, and following the Bible. And I don't mean that in a religious sense, but that, you know, we're following, that's a traditional um, religion, Christianity. You're following thousands of years of a set rule book, right, that you follow. That's, that's kind of what we have as our brand. And I'll tell parents, this is what we do. Or you could go down the road and not do any of that if that's what you want and just teach your kids how to fight. Both are good. depends on what you want. Make sense? Right. It's it, yeah. And it's the end goal or end game in your mind for your school. And, and you aren't right for everyone. I mean, I know that I'm not right, right. for everyone and I don't want, I don't oh, want absolutely. everyone and that's okay. Um, yeah. But you know, how do you, how do you justify or how do you get over the fact that, you know, some school owners that, that you talk to say, well, I'm, I'll never do a birthday party. I'll never do right. a, a Nerf War event, or I'll never do, you know, these other I used types to, of I used things to think that, that could. Okay. I used, to, I used to think that way, Dwayne. I, and I, I was Why? like, don't ever discuss money on the floor. Don't ever, you know, I would never do this. I would never do that. I would never do a birthday party. And then I started thinking, like, listen, who am I, who am I to decide on whether that was a good avenue? And by the way, I, I'll tell you how I personally justify it. I'm a ninjutsu school, so I'm a ninja. So covertly, I'm training people to be ninjas themselves. However, um, the one thing about it is that people don't realize is that I will take them and get them in my school any way, shape, or form that I can. Um, the birthday party is just the lore. It's, it's, the, it's to get them to taste, feel, and see what we do. Um, you know, the Nerf Wars, bring your friend, or the Pokemon Go thing that you and I are talking about is a, is a way to just bring people through the door. Uh, it's not necessarily who we are. In fact, 90% of the people that come into my school have no clue about ninjutsu, jujitsu, taekwondo, karate. They just know the word karate as a general term, 
means how to punch and kick and defend themselves, right? BJJ is grappling. MMA is fighting in the ring. Um, you know, and that's what they, they know. So I now take them. I don't care what they want. Just come down, damn it. Come in. Try it. And then I want them to fall in love with what we do. And like you said, I'll explain who we are, what our brand is, and what we teach. And then at that point, they can decide and say, and then I think I'd much rather do that, you know, grappling stuff and go down and just be in a gym environment. I don't want to go through the belt system and the traditions and the bowing and, and all of that stuff. So you're not the flavor of ice cream for me. Now, you asked before, how do we, you know, how do school owners, that, you know, how do they understand like they're selling out or they're not selling out? To me, none of this is a sellout as long as you're doing it tastefully and the bottom line result is to get people in your school so that you can teach them. And if you're a school owner, classically, right, that teaches classical martial arts or whatever martial art you do, that's just the entrance. That's just the law, the lure, you know, uh, to bring people in the door. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. It's kind of like what Pokemon Go is, where you are, you know, you go to uh, these uh, lures to, to these, these spots to lure, um, you know, these, these Pokemon in so that you can catch them. And there's no difference in what we're doing, whether we use, you know, Pokemon Go uh, and some of those right. concepts, such as like, you know, the webinar that we're going to be having here. Um, yeah. And I just want to say, you know, uh, if you go to schoolonertalk.com, it's a free webinar. There's a, there's a link up in the top right-hand corner uh, for that, that webinar. So feel free to get that information. And go there. But, you know, whether it's uh, Pokemon Go or when, you know, the uh, – yeah. I, I, I know for no. me, like, like one of the biggest things was birthday parties. You know, I'd, already, I'd always done birthday parties, and I never considered myself a sellout when I was doing birthday parties. But I did see that yeah. when I was doing the quote-unquote quote karate birthday parties, they started to, to lose their luster over a period of time. And it wasn't until right. you and I talked where we came up with uh, different themes for the birthday parties that we right. actually – I mean, there's very little or very few weekends that go by that I don't have two or three birthday parties every single weekend. Um, and right. it revitalized, and I can't tell you how many individuals, and of course it's not hundreds, but uh, right. how many individuals have signed up um, because of those birthday parties. Or they did a birthday party, and then they came back and did you know, an anti-abduction class, and then they did our right. summer special, and then they finally signed up. It's all these little touch points yeah. that have to happen. Um, and like you said, I love what you said, that as long as it's done tastefully, Right. And it's still, uh, you know, the end result will fit your brand. Then you're not a sellout yeah. by doing the, the, the Nerf Wars or birthday parties or Star Wars events or Pokemon events or, uh, or, or, or what have you. Um, and I, yeah. I guess I, I never thought of myself as a sellout anyways, because I, I never had to overcome that obstacle. I was just like, give me, give me an audience. That's what I want. You give me an audience, I'm going to yeah. perform and then I'm going to get some results from that. Well, well, here's the thing, too. I mean, I think that if we break, pull ourselves out of our industry, because martial artists are kind of closed-minded, because, you know, we always think that we're so uniquely different than every other business in the world, so we treat ourselves that way. It's almost like saying, hey, listen, I'm a vegan, and my daughter and I love watching this show called Alone, where these guys go to an island, and they have to survive. Oh, I like that show. Last, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. La last man standing wins 500 grand, um, but, I mean, people like survivalists that are like set, you know, they're like Navy SEAL survivalists. They'll, they'll get dropped off on the island and bail out like within the first hour. 
Another most well, that was that army guy in that talking. past in the, in the right. in the past one. That army guy didn't even exactly. make it the first day. It was like the first or second Not a, hour. Yeah, he was gone. Like he just got on the island. He started to psych himself out, right? And um and you know and the one guy who won this last show, I don't know if you saw it. He's just like kind of like yeah, a normal guy who had survival skills, but he was just like he was just set. His goal was so strong in his mind, and that was just to last and win so that he could bring that money home and make a better life for his kids. He was willing to sacrifice everything to be able to come home with the prize, right? So that's what kept him there. As many times he wanted to leave. He was like, I'm going to leave. I, I really should go. And they start, then he talked himself back into it because he reset his goal, and the goal was to bring that money and get his, his kids a better life. And I thought that was insane because it overshadowed his skills. It overshadowed all. There was another guy. Remember the guy who was, the guy had, he built a canoe. He had like a standing yes. cooking, <laughs> he had an oven that he made a table with an oven. He had a running shower where he put his foot on it and the water poured. I mean, the dude had, could make anything. He made dice. He made a game. He, and, uh, and, and he left, you know, he fell in the water once and he quit, you know, and um, I know he, I was so he, amazed that he gave up that quickly. He beat himself up. He literally, he was at the point where he broke. But here's my point. I love, I also love Bar Rescue and I love uh, the show uh, Bar Rescue and I love the show um, Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay where he goes in and he renovates. And, and one of the questions they always ask for the first scene in the parking lot before John Taffer works himself up and goes in, he goes, I'm going in, you know, and he yells at people. But uh, he sits there and he goes, look at this place. Does this place look like a saloon? Does this place look like an Irish pub? It looks more like a, a medical center or, a, a, you know, a local sporting goods store. So he talks about stuff that way where, you know, where he is basically saying to, you know, what is the brand? What are they selling? And then does that brand, does the, do, do the curtains match, you know, inside, you know, the model? Or is it, you know, a different color when you walk in? It says Irish Coffee Pub, but it's red, white, and blue stars and stripes, and there are girls in bikinis. Um, you know, what is your brand? And I think that that's part of what we have to understand about our tradition and our classical side. Sometimes I, I coach co uh, school owners. They really don't have a clue as to what their brand is. They believe their brand is the name of their martial arts system. My brand is – and, Dwayne, you and I did a, a seminar recently, right, where we were in, um, in Atlantic City, and we said, what's your brand? And one guy said Taekwondo. Another guy said Wing Chun, or maybe that was the year before when I was there. And, you know, one guy said Kung Fu. And I said, no, that's not your brand. What is your brand? You know, what is a Chip Smith's Kung Fu about? Are you a family-based school? Are you a traditional school? Are you a self-defense-based school? Are all, are you, and you're allowed to be all of the above. Are you a mixed martial art? So that's what people have to understand when they're setting up their brand and their concept. And last but not least, I look at everything covertly so that if I'm going to market, I don't want to put out, like, you know, um, just – you know, I'm a hardcore beat them down to the ground kind of guy because I'm not going to get people through the door. Some people will say to me when I build websites, I can't have people with a black key on my website. I have white keys. I go, people don't care. They don't know. They're just wanting to hear the message. So let's get the message right. The visual is, is you know, happy, smiling, friendly people, um, not someone with a knife to their throat being scared to death, you know, that kind of thing. So we want to make sure that people understand that they're not selling out just because they're using, I hate to say, a lure again, but they're bringing people in, they're enticing people by getting them through the door, whether it be a Pokemon, Nerf Wars, uh, you know, and that's just the kid's side. What do we do for our adults as well to get them in? And, and you and I spell out many systems on our program at uh, the Next Level School Owner Club. We literally will give marketing plans 
literal from start to finish of exactly what to do month by month, right? And that, to me, is where most people fail. They get a good idea, and they try to implement it, but they don't know, and they're missing system two and system five and system eight, and then the program doesn't work. But we, right. we, we spell it out for them. Yeah, and I just, you know, I want to really hit that thought home that um, the, the, the lure is just that, just to get you in front of the audience. It could be where you're going to even – uh, if, if, if you're asked to speak somewhere about leadership, of course, martial arts has leadership in it. So, you know, you right. don't have a problem with that. Um, if somebody asks you to go to speak about self-defense, you have no problem with that in most cases because, you know, obviously the martial arts is self-defense. Uh, but it's yeah. no different than when you, you are going to do the, the Nerf event. I mean, I don't teach uh, gun training. Uh, you know, I mean, right. we, of course, you teach disarms and those type of things, but I don't teach you how to shoot right. a weapon. But right. but uh, the the nerf nerf is just fun, and and sometimes right. you just need fun at your studio, and that's okay uh, to right. do that. I mean, I'm not saying you got to get crazy and you got to have the uh, uh, the science fair project night. I mean, of course, that, that right right that's probably not even even close to. Uh, although I, I suppose you could swing that uh, <laughs> right. to a certain degree. Right. But but I, I just want, you know, the listeners to understand that, you know, you're not being a sellout by introducing some of these other lures to get in front of your audience. Because as you and I both know, it takes at least about, you know, five to seven to nine touches to get somebody to take action that, it, that will eventually take action. So be it whether they are uh, at a birthday party or at a, a Nerf War event or um, you know, at the, the bully buster or, or anti-abduction classes or what have you, um, you know, that's just another touch point that they get to see right. your uh, students uh, and or your um, uh, instructors in action. And so they can make a decision on whether this is the type of place that they, you know, you, you, they want to be a part of. And, 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 that's, and, and for me, that's been and by the huge. Way, yeah, and by the way, one thing, too, that we're not touching on is that, um, customer service, that word customer service is about servicing your client. And um, sometimes it's good to offer these things so that the parents, um, you know, they, they see that the kid is connected to the school that much more. Like parents on my black belt test that I ran this past weekend, parents, a lot of them came up to me, a good majority of them came up and said, oh my God, I really never realized that my son or daughter knew all that stuff. And I'm so impressed. And now it all clicks. You know, so that customer service, building that culture, having an event that parents are like, wow, Johnny, you don't want to quit. You're going to miss out on all your, you know, fun nights that you do. And, and you know, making it more than just kicking and punching um, because that grows pretty uh, boring after a while unless there's always some other goal, some more fun, something interest, interesting to shoot for. Like, for instance, I'm going to do a Bruce Lee night. I hate it when I ask my kids and I go, hey, you ever heard of Bruce Lee? And none of them know who Bruce Lee is. I literally, Bruce Lee is probably the reason why I'm in the martial arts, right? So um, Agreed, agreed. You know, I, I, want, I want my kids, so I'm going to invite, like, all of my, like, purple, brown, and black belts, you know, uh, whoever decides to come to my house. I'm going to set a banner up, and I'm going to play Bruce Lee movies. i got to get a clean version of Enter the Dragon because there's one sex scene in there that i got to edit out. But, you know, but I, wanna, I want them to see Bruce Lee and how I was born 
into the martial arts, how like I had a, an ache in my stomach to be as good as him. And I trained and I was in the backyard by myself hitting the tree and I had a tennis ball hanging and I was bobbing and weaving while other kids were running around, you know, whatever on their bicycles. I mean, I want them to have that same kind of understanding. So I'm going to do a Bruce Lee night free, bring them to my house. I'm building a culture, building something fun. So parents, parents, when they came, I had a big, big party at my house after the black belt test for my daughter and all the other black belts. And um, the parents were like, oh, this is really nice of you. I'm so happy, you know. And, and I like it because they get to enjoy my yard that I put so much money and time into that I only get to use. Um, and, you know, and my family. So, but anyway, long story short, it's all about customer service. If, if we don't do it, like, for example, I, I used to sell, uh, I used to not sell waters in my school. And I just go, go down the road and buy your waters at 7-Eleven. What do I look like? Uh, a deli? You know, and then I'm like, what am I, an idiot? Like, I'm missing out on free money. Plus, I'm sending them down the road to spend their money anyway. Why not just give it to them so they don't have to drive down the road? Right? Why don't I supply well, and- it? And now I, yeah. I was going to say that we got to meet our customers where we got to meet our customers where they're at and whatever is going on at the time. And, uh, you know, we have to as school owners and we talk about this, right? When we're teaching self-defense, you have to know how to ebb and flow. You have to know how to evolve. If one thing isn't working, you don't just keep doing that one thing. You move to the right, the next thing or, you know, you like what Bruce Lee talked about. You got to be like water. Right. Right. And right. And so there's no difference and there's no sellout. When you do that same concept or that same principle with um, meeting your customers or your potential customers right. where they are right. at. Of course, you know, getting a booth at a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or a Panda uh, movie, that, that there, there's crossover. I mean, obviously, it's, you right. know, you're not going to go and you're not going to go and get one for, um, you know, the uh, notebook. Dory, finding, finding Dory. Or, yeah, exactly. I, so there, there is some, but you, but you, but you could that. do, but you could do, and here's the crossover. You could do a Jason Bourne movie where he's doing so much martial arts in the movie. Why couldn't we do it at that event? So sometimes our mind are closed. Okay. If it says the Kung Fu Panda, cause it's Kung Fu in the beginning of the name, we could do that one, but we wouldn't do a Jason Bourne or Batman. However, Batman was a ninja. That's who we trained with. So why couldn't we open our minds to say, okay, what is the lore? What is the invitation for us to go and market ourselves? I think martial artists are so caught in their own little trap where they're, they're stuck in their own mousetrap. They, let, they lay their own keys and then they smack it to test it. And now they're stuck going, hey, can, I can't wait till some of my sh- students show up so they can let me out of the mousetrap. I mean, we sometimes shoot ourselves in the foot. I, you know, I have some clients that are constantly telling me, oh, I couldn't do that at my school. And I go, well, why? Why can't you? Well, my teacher, my, my, you know, my tradition. My, but how about we just alter it? How about we change it to work and fit your mentality? How about we just open our minds and, you know, do it a little bit my way and do it a lot your way. But however, do it. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes right. people just don't get it. Get it. And that's what, we, that's what I love about what you and I um, and we do have a contrast in, in how we, you know, our martial arts uh, slightly, and that's the great part because they get the best of both worlds working with us and being in our program because, um, you know, you're, you're a Christian martial arts school, um, you're eclectic, even though I'm eclectic traditionally, uh, you know, but I'm more of that, you know, traditional Japanese way, um, you know, so I love that about what we do, and I'm hoping that martial artists, it doesn't matter what style they teach, who they are, um, they could absolutely do what we do. Yeah, definitely. And I just want to reinforce the fact that you're not a, 
uh, you're not a sellout if you take on some of these opportunities to uh, meet your clients or your potential clients where they're at because there's so many, like we said before, there's so many benefits that are offered inside of that, you know, alongside of retention and then the opportunity of a future sale or a sale that night, but, you know, a future sale uh, with them as well. So, uh, I know we're, I think we're yeah. kind of exhausted this whole sellout yes. thing, but is there any yeah. final, final thoughts before we uh, end? Well, my only thought is if they're listening, try to be on our call and, and uh, check out the up and coming, you know, event that we're doing. Um, if you miss it, obviously, uh, you know, the link's going to be on here onto the, onto the teleseminar, I'm sure. But if you miss it, we'll have it available for a replay and download, but try to be on it live and ask questions or send us questions ahead of time. And um, yeah, let's let's let us help you open that mind to all that go, you know as that good within your school. Let us help you discover who you really are, and that's what we do best. And what what Allie's referring to is our uh, um, um, our Pokemon Go webinar that we're doing. It's a free webinar. Um, you can find out the information on schoolownertalk.com. That information is there. But basically, there's three things that we're covering. Uh, the first is why, you know, why and how Pokemon became the hottest craze. And the next is how you can make money and, and have more foot traffic to your school. And then plus, the last piece of this is how, you know, an opportunity for you to get access to all our marketing materials with regards to Pokemon and, and what we're doing with it. So uh, just go to schoolownertalk.com to get that information. Share this podcast with other school owners. Allie, again, thank you for your time. And uh, we'll talk to everybody on the next call. Awesome, Dwayne. Take care, everyone.